Hi, ek is Pika Den en uh, ek is opgewonen om aan te gaan met die reeks uh, The Redemptive Gifts, wat ons in Romeine 12 kry. As jy nou die eerste keer ingeskakel het by ons, wil ek jou aanmoedig om asjeblief part 1, 2 en 3 te gaan luister van die Redemptive Gifts uh, by Pika Den Unlocking the Gifts, um, wat jy ook op hierdie Soundcloud of uh, Spotify of op iTunes, waar ook al jy nou ingeskakel is, luister. Uh, ons gaan deestal baie vinnig deur dit um, en vanavond wil ek aangaan met dit met die redemptive gift of a profit, wat die eerste um, redemptive gift is van die 7 wat jy wel kry in Romeine 12. So net om jou klein beetje achtergrond te gees, jy dit nou nog nie weet nie, um, Romeine 12 is die chaos wat God vir mense gee, dis jou DNA is wie is, jy so gebore, kan het die verander jy, wel jy kan het verander jy, jy gaan moet groei in heiligheid en groei in liefde. En die rede ook om ons hierdie um, gaves of identiteit wat God in ons gesit te doen, is omdat ek geloof dat elkeen van hulle het sterk punte en swak punte, maar as ek en jy in die swak punte kan groei, dan kan ons in liefde groei. Um, wat ek geleer het in die korte tykie wat ons hierdie gaves doen, is dat ek en my vrou sy gaves verskil, en ek en my spanmense sy gaves verskil, en ek en mense rondom my sy gaves verskil. En sekere mense proceseer vinniger as ander mense, sekere ouwens trek denkies vir die persoonlijk aan, ander mense smeer het nie aan hulle af nie, sekere ouwens sal draaie rondom jou loop tot hulle die waarheid by uitgekryd, en ander ouwens sê dit maar net, want hulle het geen filter nie. En ek is een van die ouwens in die redemptie kieft of a profit, ons het nie filters nie, ons is wit of zwart, recht of weg, goed of slecht, dis, weet, dis draai of braai, type van ding, en is iets wat ons in moet groei, wat swakpunte van ons is. Ons is, ons het baie vinnig proceseer, wat een positief en een negatieve ding is, en, um, en as ek kyk na dit en my vrou, wat ek geloof, ek kan nie nog precies sê wat sy is, maar van dit wat ek gesien het, is sy, like sy of sy baie sterk ruler, mercy is. Um, en hulle is ons wat slaardig proceseer, so net in proceserings afdeling, ek proceseer vinnig, jy geef my waarheid, ek ontvang het, ek geloof het, en ek doen het. My vrou ontvang waarheid, sy wachtetijkie, sy mediteer op dit, sy dink al oor, en het vat al daar, weke, soms maande, om dier goeders te werk, wat ek lang al dier is. En, um, en as ek nie gaan versichtig met dit wees, gaan ek oor my vrou, ek gaan, ek gaan haar kloop, en haar achterna sleep, tot sy dood is. Sy gaan het nie, sy gaan het nie maak nie. Um, en is iets wat ek moes leer in die laatste tyd, um, om dit te kan doen, ek kon nooit verstaan, wat is het met my vrou, kan sy nie net oor het kom, jy sê, weer is die waarheid, nee, meantime, is het ek wat moet rustig raak, um, ook as een leier in my huis, en, um, en as een redemptief profit, wat ek moet leer, het iemand een af van my gesê, jy kan net so vinnig haarkloop, soos die stadigste persoon in jou gesin, en dit is so waar, um, dat ons moet leer, want om in my liefde te groei, is om die ander persoon te verstaan waar hulle is, hulle te ontmoet waar hulle is, jou leven vir hulle neer te leer, Jesus sê, dat as jy die uh, hoogste in die koninkryk wil wees, moet jy die laagste raak. Jy is die een wat voete was, nie die ouwe wat is het plek by die tafel soek, soos die ander ouwe sê. Toe die ander katrolle van die disciples, amal sit plek by die tafel kar te gaan, Jesus te begin was sy voete. En uh, die hoogste in die koninkryk is die ouwe die laagste is. So ek en jy is hier om te dien, en ons dien mekaar, ons levens levens vir ander ouwe neer, ander mense ach ons hoor as ons self. En, um, en om in die liefde te kan groei, ek meen Johannes 13, 34 sê Jesus, ons moet mekaar lief hee, soos wat hy ons lief het. en om in die liefde te groei, is het baie goed en belangrijk, om die redemptive gifting te kan verstaan, zodat so je elke persoon kan verstaan, in je omgeving, directe omgeving, werksomgeving, um, waar ook al in jou huis is, um, in, in winkels, um, om te kan besef, dat ons kan groei, as hulle nie weet nie, ons weet, en omdat ons inlichting het oor hoe mense proceseer, hoe hulle dink en hoe hulle dinge doen, 
en, um, en hoekom hulle sekere goeders wil doen, dan kan ek en jy ons pad dier dit navigate, om by elke ouse hart uit te kom, so dat hy Jesus kan ervaar, en Godse hart kan ervaar, dier ons leven. Want ultimately, is ons job om in liefde te groei. Ons sal nooit kan sê, ja, ons is maar net een redemptief profit, of ons is maar net een roeder, of ons is maar net een so, want ons doen nie dinge soos daai nie. Ons gaan sê, ja, dit is ons swakpunte, maar nou gaan ons groei in die areas. Jesus het in al 7 van die redemptief gifts en in die volheid daarvan gestap. So ek en jy kan groei en dit beteken nie, ons gaan allemaal perfect in die volheid van het stap, want ons is nie Jesus nie, maar ons kan groei in dit. So ek wil sommer vandag afskop om te gaan kyk na die sevens in die, in die skrif, en as jy gaan kyk in die heel eerste um, goed wat ons verdien het met unlocking the gifts, het ons een bykie geraakt aan, dat die sewe gaves, ook al die sewe in skrif um, verteenwoordig of parallel. En gaan so bykie meer Engels vandag um, vir jou lees, omdat jy het makkelijker kan verstaan, want het is so bykie meer in detailed ingedoen hierdie enekie, as wat die ander was, so ver as moendlik sal ek vir jou probeer verduidelik. So, the seven days of creation is the thing that we want to look into, is the sevens of scripture. Just beginning in Genesis 1, this passage is one of the richest passages to understand the nature of the gifts. And the prophet is no exception. On the first day, God created light. And it's interesting to know that God did not create the sun, the moon, and the stars until the fourth day. So, what did he create on the first day? We have to have a little bit of science to follow this one. Uh, But in light of this, he created light and every kind of light. Infrared light, ultraviolet light, x-rays, you name it. All these different spectrums of light are an electromagnetic field flowing across time. In order to have any sort of light, you have to have matter, space, time, and you have to have the laws of science to govern them. And I really believe that God created those on the first day. The first thing that created was time, space, natural law, and then matter that operates within those natural laws. Every electron, molecule, and atom um, has time and space precisely governing it. The speed with which the electrons flow around the nucleus and distance away from the nucleus, all of this are governed by time and space. So let's look at the natural laws. In addition to the laws of science, I believe that on the first day God created all of natural law. We cannot prove this from scripture, but let me suggest the following to you. There are three levels of natural law. And the first level is the laws of science. And this is what we call the universal laws, the non-optional laws, cause and effect relationships. And all of these three operate completely outside of moral law and they operate outside of God's intervention. Let me give you an example. If I take my phone and I hold hold it over the ground and I let go, it will fall because I have violated the law of gravity. God did not reach down from heaven, grab my phone and slammed it to the floor. Rather, the natural consequence or the cause and effect relationship went into place. So it is completely outside of moral law and they operate completely outside of God's intervention. It is a natural law. And we understand the uh, the accuracy of the laws of science in this way. Universal laws, meaning that these laws apply equally everywhere. Non-optional laws, meaning they apply whether we understand it or not, or like it or not. Cause and effect relationships, meaning that there's a natural consequence, and that these happen without God's intervention, and has nothing to do with His moral judgment. The second thing is, that the relationship between man and man. And that's a set of principles prophets like to skip. 
and we better not do it. This law has to do with all human relationships. There's five authority structures in, scriptures rega uh, in Scripture regarding all the human relationships. The first one is marriage, parenting, civil government, religious government, government, and business. And we'll look into that as we go on. We need to hold separately moral law, which has eternal consequences, and natural law, which has temporal consequences, consequences without God's intervention. Listen again, I want to say that again. We need to hold separately moral law, which has eternal consequences, and separately natural law, which has temporal consequence, consequences without God's intervention. Let's take an example. If we take two people that's married, they love Jesus, they're saved, they're born again, they serve Him, and they're going to heaven. But if they, out of ignorance or willfulness, violate most of God's natural laws for marriage, they're going to have a horrible ma marriage, and I do not care how saved they are. On the flip side, if you have a couple who's not saved, completely living for themselves, and in the world who accidentally obey some of the natural laws for marriage, they will have a wonderful marriage, but they'll end up going to hell. And the third thing is between the man and the spiritual realm. In other words, intimacy. Our relationship with the demonic is governed by laws as well as our relationship with God. These laws are universal, not optional, cause and effect relationships. If you're ignorant of those laws and you accidentally violate them, they can give demons access to your life whether you like it or not or want it or not. And this you will see, we see this in, uh, in, in uh, I just want to just camp here for a moment. We see this in, uh, in deliverance sessions and when we do counseling. There's people that have, man, I, and I, I've seen some crazy things in counseling and deliverance sessions. I mean, uh, one of the, the craziest things that I saw here was uh, we had a guy in and uh, he's just sharing his story next moment. He flips over his head, his eyes roll back in his skull and he starts speaking in a different voice and then we asked him who he is and he said he said um he said uh oh no we asked him how did he come in and he said through big bang theory and i thought by myself big bang theory that is a tv show and uh, and we said yeah how did you get in and then that demon said well i want him to be like sheldon to have all the knowledge in the world now we we know that the bible says that knowledge puffs up but love edifies. And so we cast that thing out. We say, renounce Sheldon and renounce uh, Big Bang Theory. And the guy started renouncing Big Bang Theory, started renouncing the TV series Lucifer, started re renouncing uh, erotic movies, um, uh, started renouncing pornography websites and all that stuff. And as he's renouncing, he's throwing up, co continuously just throwing up in a bucket. And he's shaking and his body is like it was in saying and and i looked at the situation and thought to myself man this dude violated um universal laws violated the the laws between the man and the spirit realm the intimacy the place that was made for him and god alone he perverted that secret place with all the stuff that he read watched listened to etc so he violated a universal law that is non-optional cause and effect relationship um, that is governed um, that our relationship with the demonic is governed by those laws as well as our relationship with God so there's a, there's a violation that took place 
uh, between the relationship that we have with the Lord and the relationship that th this guy specifically had with something that is not God. And demons entered his life. Now, it's awesome to know that there's deliverance for everybody. Everyone here ha can go through deliverance. And listen, let me tell you this. I'm not legalistic, but I've, I mean, I can watch Big Bang Theory and nothing will happen. But the demonic realm had something on this guy. There was a stronghold in his mind that the demonic realm took over and took um, advantage of. So whatever you watch, the Bible says that we have eyes and it's a window to the soul. It's eye gates and ear gates. Whatever you watch or listen to is something that you let into your soul, your, your own will, um, um, your will and emotions. It's a, it's the, and you know what, what you have in your soul, that's, you, have, you have a spirit, a body and a soul. And your soul is your own mind, will and emotions. And when you, when you look at stuff and listen to stuff, you let stuff into the soulish life. And the spirit then cannot flow freely and wholly through you in that place because it's going to go through the filter of the soul, which is then polluted by the things that we watch and we listen to. And it has an effect on our intimacy that we have with God. So if we're ignorant to those laws and you accidentally violate them, they can give, give demons access to your life, whether you like it or not or want it or not. That's your choice. Also, these are laws that deal with your relationship with God. If you violate those, uh, you can reap the consequences. I believe that on the first day, God created all three natural laws. There's things that we can do in our human relationships to work more smoothly together. And there's things we can do in our spiritual relationship to come in a greater intimacy with God when we understand um, natural laws. And this very simply is the playing field for the prophet. He loves this natural laws. Why? Because the prophet is the research and development scientist in the body of Christ. The research and development scientist does not invent any new principles. The laws of science are fixed. He may discover some new, um, some new ones, but he does not invent any. He does not invent any new elements. God has already determined the limit of the elements. He may discover one uh, or, or a few new ones, but he does not invent any. Basically, he is taking the unchangeable things of the laws of science from the first level and he's continuing reassembling them in different ways. And an infinite number of new products that we have and are being birthed today by research developers and engineers are the result of combinations of principles and resources of natural law. And so the prophet is not called to create new absolutes because absolutes are created by God and God alone. But the prophet is called upon to see new applications and new ways to implement those principles in new situations. One of the heroic moments of the church, one of the greatest moments for the prophets and the redemptive gift of prophets, you'll find in Acts 15. And the issue was whether Gentiles had to become Jews. The whole church was stirred up over it. There was deep passion and profound commitments on both sides. So they brought together everybody who was anybody in Jerusalem. The apostles were there. You had the people with the manifestation gift of prophesying there. And in the whole setting with one of the most critical theological issues that the church has ever faced, God was silent. There was no prophetic word at all. And God left it in the hands of those with the redemptive gift of a prophet. And in this situation, specifically James, the brother of Jesus, who was the elder of the church in Jerusalem, to reason 
based on principle. Remember, the redemptive gift of profit primarily puts everything together based on principle. They are principle by design. They read the Old Testament, they say what it says, they put the context together, they put the principles together, and then they apply that in their lives. So to come to a conclusion, they listen to all the evidence. They listen to this, this side, they listen to that side, they listen to the testimonies, they listen to the glory stories, and when James got up and issued a verdict, he raised them from principle. He said this, yes, this verse from the Old Testament, Here's the principle that we are going to extract from this verse. And we're going to take this principle and we're going to apply it to this situation. And this is how we're going to walk this out. And that is the birthright of the redemptive gift of the prophet. To be able to look at a new environmental situation. To go to the word of God. To take the story from the word of God. To boil it down to a principle. And then bring that principle back out for a new application. So, he does not create anything new. He takes what already is, puts them together, combines uh, uh, a combined amounts of principles, and then apply that to the situation wherever or whatever they're in. So the prophet does not invent new absolutes ever. The prophet discovers principles of natural law, brings them out, and applies them. Um, this enables us to understand several of the behavioral characteristics of the prophet. And the reason the prophet does not like to do maintenance is because there's no application of principle. Once something is up and running, it's up and running. And there's closure for the prophet. As long as there's a problem, opportunity, or a blank piece of paper to write something new, the prophet can assemble principle. The prophet gets no joy standing, watching principles that's already at work. The prophet doesn't celebrate more than 10 minutes. He doesn't go, he, he doesn't go, yay! Let me, let, me, let me give you an example. And this is something that I had to learn recently. Um, I am... So when, I, when, I, when I go through all of these teachings, especially with the redemptive gift of a prophet, I look at my life and I go, oh my gosh, I do understand why I was like this all the time. And, um, and Nadia, my wife, she loves doing bargain hunting. She loves going to these old places and getting all of these old furniture and all of these old cups and all that stuff. She doesn't gather them just for once and for whenever we need them. She knows, she sees something in the house. She feels like she wants to do something new. And as she goes to these bargain stores and then gets, she will get these amazing things for a bargain. And she brings it into our house and people come in and they love the layout of our house. She, they love the creativity. They love the way everything's decorated. And then when we, when we look at that, we go, oh gosh, this, everything was a bargain. Um, literally, like everything was a bargain that's in this house. Um, well, I'm saying everything. I'm, I'm overacting a little bit. Not everything was a bargain. But most of the stuff that's really cool in the house was a bargain. Anyway, so just for an example, I don't know if this ever happened, but I know that I can use this as an example, and my wife will not be angry at me when I do. Um, I'm just using this as an example. So let's say, for example, uh, my wife gets home. She got really excited. She, she went on Facebook Marketplace. She went through everything that can, she can find in our little hometown, and she, then she gets this amazing, amazing uh, painting that she loves, that she feels like the Lord is speaking through this painting to her and she goes to this bargain store gets it for 10 rand comes back home and she knows that if she would have um, bought that from the the guy that painted it or if she would have taken the time to do the same painting it'll cost much more than 10 rand um, but she bought it for a bargain she, she comes home she's super excited she shows me the painting she goes honey look what i just bought and she shows me the painting and i'll literally go oh that's that's beautiful 
And she says, don't you like it? And I go, yeah, it's cool. And she says, but really, don't, aren't you excited about this? And I go, yeah, it's great. What are you going to do with it? I just got it from the bargain store. I just got it for 10 rand. 10 rand. And immediately, in my head, I go, 10 rand, it's not worth much. You know, if I, if I throw it away one day, it's just 10 rand. It's not 5,000 rand. Uh, it's 10 rand, you know. So if, if I don't like it, I can throw it away in my head. But in my wife's head, she loves it. She adores it. And she's so excited that she got this thing on Marketplace. And she is taking pictures of it. She's sending it to my mom. She's sending it to her mom. She's calling them. She's telling them the story. She's excited about this. And I go, man, that's cool. And I go on with my day. And, I, and, and so many times if I look back to it, my wife was so disappointed because I did not celebrate what made her happy. I would go, okay, it's great. It looks good. That's fun. Next. What's next? Something needs to happen next because the redemptive prophet loves everything new. He loves stuff that needs to be put together. He loves to solve problems. He loves to do something new. But as soon as it, it's done, it's done. So a prophet needs an environment to apply principles. They need to weave together resources to make something from nothing and based upon principles. So you can also understand the boldness and the faith of the prophet by these principles. The prophet um, understands the power of truth. The prophet is willing to bet on these universal, non-optional principles. He would give everything for it. I know how many times Nadia would say something and I would say, how much, how much do you want to bet on it? Because I, in my head, I've already processed the principles, I've put them together, and I know that this cannot work. Why? Because principle-wise, it's impossible. There's natural laws, and you cannot violate them. And that's also a downfall for the prophet, because actually we're super bold faith, more than any other gift. I'll, I'll explain that to you in a moment. But it's a downfall because we can so get stuck in principles and then not give the Lord a chance to actually move supernaturally. Now, God will not intervene, but He can intervene. He's God. And I've seen God intervene in ways that does not naturally make sense. God will intervene. He can. But God does not have to intervene, like I explained with a cell phone. He does not come down from heaven to take the phone and slam it to the ground just to prove that there's um, gravity. But... When your phone falls out of your hand, God can intervene to not have the screen break. God can intervene to not have the phone break. God can intervene that something supernatural happens and you just, well, nothing happened to the phone. It just fell out of your hand. Like I know how many times my phone fell out of my hand and the moment it falls to the ground and I pick it up and I see the screen's not even scratched. I go, praise God, it's not scratched. Well, God may have intervened in that area, but he does not intervene to make the law happen. So, when you're working with people in the area of faith, uh, when it comes to the prophet, basically you have to divide the prophet from the six other gifts. Why? Because the six other gifts have faith based primarily on relationship, where they have a strong relationship with God and they experience an intervening hand of God in the relationship. They have the faith to move forward. I want to say that again. The other six gifts, the other have faith-based um, gifts. And their faith are based primarily on relationship, where they have a strong relationship with God and where they've experienced the intervening hand of God in the relationship. They will have the faith to move forward. So let me explain this. 
when uh, when when I came into this building, I had a dream, two dreams in one week, for the venue that we're in now, and I felt I I saw in the dreams I saw that we're going moving out of the place that we were hiring every week, and uh, or renting every week, and uh, I didn't see where we were going in. But just based on that dreams, I felt the Holy Spirit move on my heart, and I had faith to leave that building and go look for my own. So I remembered about a building that my friend owns in Uppington Center. Uh, that's built in 1950, and it's it's an old, old, old building. Secondhand car parts were um, were uh, stored up in this building in shelves from the floor to the roof. Old shelves. These shelves were put in somewhere between 1960 and 70. And then I came in and I said, "Yep, we want this building." And everybody thought I'm crazy. There's too much work. This place needs too much love. Where are we going to get all the money? This and that and the other thing. But the pro- the redemptive gift profit does not move based on a word of God always. It does not move based on what he um, only feels or senses, but it primarily base, moves based on uh, principles. His faith is based on principles, what is written in the word of God. So I know then that the Bible says, uh, that if I give my plans to God in Proverbs 16 verse 3, that He will make it happen. I also know that the Bible says that I do not have to worry about anything in Ma- uh, Matthew chapter 6, that anything, because the lilies of the field does not even clothe themselves, the birds in the air does not store up in barns, my life is worth so much more, and that God will provide for me my need. I know that if I ask Him, I will receive. I know that if I speak a word, that it will happen, Mark chapter 11. Then if I have a little faith that I can move a mountain. I know that Jeremiah 1.12 says that God is ready to perform His word. I know that I can come in faith as a son to a father and ask Him. I know that His heart is for everybody to be saved. I know that God has called me to equip the saints for the work of ministry in Ephesians 4 verse 12. I know that God has called me to make disciples. And I know that I cannot do this without the building. So it all principle-wise makes sense to get a building. And based on the Word of God, based on what He wants to do in the earth, I can put all the principles together and great, we're going to get a building. So I walked into this building with 200 rand on my name and I had it in cash. I paid one guy 200 rand for the first day to start disassembling. Or to, is that even the word? But he took the shelves apart, the wooden shelves. Didn't get that far. That night, the team came in. We started taking all of these shelves apart. And as we went, people started calling. They wanted some of the shelves. They paid for some of the shelves. People called me to to sow into this ministry. We got someone sowing 25,000 rand. Someone gave me 15,000 rand. Then a dude called me from Cape Town and said, what do you need there? We see you breaking stuff down in Uppington. We said, no, we don't need anything. He said, no, you got to tell us what you need. And I said, man, if you give me 50,000 rand, I can put in some brand new windows because there's no windows, there's no ventilation, there's no nothing. And he said, no, well, just give me a few days. I'll get a quote. He got a quote for 31,000 rand. I said, I didn't have the money. He said, well, we're going to come anyway and we're going to come put it in and we sow this to, we're sowing this to the ministry. So the ministry got brand new windows. The ministry got chairs that's fully paid off. We got a, a sound system that's fully paid off. And then in November um, 2021, a guy came in here, got a slushy for himself. He said, man, it's so hot in this place. I said, I actually made provision for the day God gives us enough money for a um, water cooler to cool off the place in the summertime. And he said, yeah, come and show me. I showed him the place. He said, you know, actually, um, he, he bought a farm and then God spoke to him about moving out from Uppington 
And uh, he made a deal with the Lord that if God sells his farm, then he will sh uh, sow all of the profit. So him and the guy that bought the farm together made a bunch load of profit. Um, and then what he did is he split the profit up between ministries and gave me 135,000 rand. And with that, we bought two brand new screens that people can worship on. We can do uh, sessions like these, teach on it with the screens. We have brand new speakers. We got a keyboard. We got a drum set. We got a water cooler that can cool off the place. We have um, carpet on the walls just to help with the sound system. And there's so many things that we still need to do. Um, but based on principles, I moved and God provided. And this all happened in about, well, we, we, since the first day that I came in and the, law, and the day that we opened up was 31 days and everything was ready, we had our first service. And some of the people said, man, you're too optimistic. I don't know what you're going to do there. This and that and the other thing. And I just said, man, based on principles, God loves people and we're going to do it anyway but the six other gifts they don't do that they hear they dream and they go oh i got a dream i had a dream when we move out of this uh, building and then they leave it there they might pray into it they might maybe share that with someone and then they'll wait and then maybe three weeks down the line someone would say hey i just feel god say that uh, you're going to soon be out of this building and then they will go oh i had a dream three weeks ago about this and then they'll still wait. And then maybe one day a different prophet will come and say, hey, I felt the Lord say it's time to move. And then they go, oh, shucks, okay, three confirmations. We've got to move, we've got to move. And then they'll fall around and see how they can get things going. Well, the prophet, three weeks ago, he already moved. By the time the other six gifts, when they get to all their stuff together and they start moving in faith, the prophet's done already. And we, all, we always joke, we say, uh, while the other people are busy fasting and praying, the prophet's doing the work. Daniel Colinda used to say, uh, those who continually seek the will of God get run over by those who actually do it. So the prophet is the only one whose faith is based on the principles and that they're going to work. And the blind faith, the truth of the principles, that these are going to work, is the hallmark of a prophet. And I'm just going to stop there for now because um, I don't want to get into the deeper things. There's so much more uh, to come. But next week we will dive into the deeper things um, of the redemptive gift of a prophet. And I'm so excited to uh, get together with you. They, uh, I just want to say this. They might, you might, you might uh, not get the next podcast next week or the week after. Um, but as soon as everything is up and running, uh, you can set this, the notifications on this uh, podcast, wherever you are uh, listening from. So when it comes up, that you can just get the notification and dive right into it. I hope you enjoyed this. I want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this. Um, uh, thank you so much for supporting this ministry. You can uh, you can also support this ministry financially if you want to. If you feel lead, uh, led by the Lord, you can do it. Um, if you want to really uh, get uh, in contact with us, or, um, or just maybe sow a seed, you're so welcome to go to the ministry website, uh, www.ciam.co.za. That is the ministry website, and you can go look for the banking details on that website, or you can WhatsApp the ministry um, line at 072-708-5117. Just text them, say, hey, we want to sow a seed into this ministry. We love what God is doing through you guys. You're a blessing to us. Um, and man, I'm, I'm sitting in my house. I'm listening to you. I'm sitting in my car. I'm listening to you. And uh, become a partner of the ministry. Become a financial partner of the ministry. We have 
we have a lot of things that we need to pay. And I just want to say this, we do not need your money. But I know that if you do so, see, God will bless your obedience and, and uh, your financial seed or blessing certainly helps us to do what we do and will make um, us put us in a position that we can actually do this even better. Uh, so may God bless your seed if you're sowing. If you're not, pray for us and that we can continue to grow um, in boldness, in faith, in love, in courage, grace, mercy, kindness, and, uh, and that we can continue to do the work of the Lord and with endurance, even though we do have a little bit of resistance and persecution along the way. I love you guys, and I can't wait to get on track with you soon. Bless you. Bye.